If you're able to stand, 2 Kings chapter number 4, and we'll look in verse number 42. The Bible says, And there came a man from from Baal-Shalisha, all right, we'll get that, Baal-Shalisha, and brought the man of God bread of the first fruits, 20 loaves of barley and full of ears of corn and the husk thereof. And he said, Give unto the people that they may eat. And his servitor said, What shall I set this before a hundred men? He said again, Give the people that they may eat. For thus saith the Lord, They shall eat and shall leave thereof. So he set it before them, and they did eat and left thereof according to the word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, I ask you to bless the reading of thy word tonight. Thank you for every song, for every testimony. Thank you most of all for your presence that's been in this place thus far. Lord, I pray tonight if there's anyone here that would grieve the Holy Spirit in any way, God, I pray that you'd speak to their heart tonight, even right now. Lord, help us to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. And God, I pray that there'd not be anything in our soul tonight between the Savior, not anything that would grieve you, anything that would hinder you. No, God, we thank you for the liberty we already feel in the house of God. And I pray now you'll bless this message. Speak to our hearts and we'll love you and we'll praise you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want you to look with me in just a moment in verse number 43. But I want you to think about this text tonight because uh, the preceding verses that we preach from on Sunday uh, talks about food as well as the text that we're dealing with tonight. And when you think about the verses that we preached on Sunday about death in the pot, it had to do with poisonous food. But our text tonight has to deal with food. It's talking about the fact that the God that can heal is also the God that can multiply. Amen. He healed the food that had death in the pot and now we see that he's going to multiply this food uh, that we see here in this text. And so I want you to notice tonight that there's a picture in this text. I think that you'll agree with me when you read this story tonight, it reminds us of a story or two stories, uh, may I say, in the New Testament uh, concerning our Savior. You you know, Jesus, when he uh, fed the, the 5,000 and he fed the 4,000, this story mirrors both of those stories that we read about in the New Testament. I mean, just like in the feeding of the 4,000 and the 5,000, uh, there was those that doubted the amount of food, just like this servitor did. Uh, you remember what one of the disciples said to him, what are these amongst so many? And then also there was one that was willing to give, the little lad that gave his lunch, uh, a lot like the man in this text here that gave the 20 loaves of barley and so there's a picture what we see in this text here is a mirror of what is to come it's a shadow, a foretype but I do want to remind you that Jesus when he fed the 5,000 and he fed the 4,000, he fed more people than what Elisha fed and he fed them with less food than Elisha had and there was more left over whenever it was done than what there was in Elisha's miracle proving that though there may be types and there may be foreshadows but there there's only one, amen, bread of life, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's a picture in this text, and then there's a principle in this text, and the principle is that it's all about giving and serving, amen? I mean, if we look in verse number 42, and we hear, we'll hear in just a moment, we find that the farmer gave of his increase, and then the prophet Elisha, the man of God, he gave of faith, amen, by it was given to him, but he turned around and he gave it to another. 
You know what God gives us is not for us to selfishly keep for ourselves, but when he blesses us and he gives to us, uh, we're to share that with others. Isn't that right? And so that's what Elisha does here. And so the farmer gives of his increase, the prophet gives of his faith, and then the servant gives of his time. Amen? He takes the time to pass the food out and to help others that are in need. And God literally multiplied it in his hand as he was serving others. I'll tell you, if you want to find a blessing, you're going to have to find it in service. Amen? God never blesses anybody that's lazy. Amen? He never blesses anybody that just sits around and waits for the check to come in the mail. Amen? Or waits for God. And I know God can put the check in the mail, but you and I are going to have to serve him. We're going to have to be faithful. We're going to have to be involved in the work of God. And God will bless those who will labor and those who will give and serve. And so there's a principle in this text. There is a picture in this text. But then I want us to notice the people in our text tonight because in this text, we find here amongst these people that God proves here what he proved in the New Testament and it's this, that little is much when God is in it. And that's what I want to preach on tonight is little is much when God is in it. You see, I want us to think about the people in this text tonight because we know that little was much when God was in it. But though God worked the miracle, it not only took uh, the hand of God, but God used the hands of man. Isn't that right? In this text, somebody had to give. Somebody had to work. Somebody had to, to bring that harvest in. Somebody had to bring it to the man of God. The man of God had to be willing to give it. And the servant had to be willing to pass it out. And so what we see in this text is that God will not do for us what we can do for ourselves. Amen? God's willing to work a miracle if we are willing to get involved in that miracle. Amen? You see tonight, God will do great things in our life if we'll just be involved. And in this text tonight, I want us to notice the people in our text. First of all, in verse number 42, I want you to notice the man who gave here. The Bible talks about this man uh, here in this text and how that this man brought the bread of his first fruits, 20 loaves of barley and full ears of corn and the husk thereof. So this man is coming and this man is giving. Now, if this man would have been from Bethel or any other place, uh, uh, we would have understood his gift to the man of God. But this man was a Gentile and this man was a giver. He was generous in his giving. And I think this man was godly because uh, him giving to Elisha simply tells us that he believed that Elisha was a true man of God and he was wanting to be a blessing to the man of God. You know, we have preachers and we have, we have missionaries and evangelists come through this church. And I believe one of the reasons God has been good to Bible Baptist Church uh, is but one of the reasons is because we've been good to his servants. We've been good to his men. I know there's other churches that probably give more than what we give, but you know what? We try to give and take care of missionaries and evangelists as they come through and try to be a blessing. We don't try to withhold those blessings that God has given to our church, and the result of that is that God always gives more than what we can give out. Amen? He always blesses. And In this text here, we notice the purpose of this man and the 
provision of this man is that this man is giving, the Bible says, of his first fruits. Now, I think we ought to give our tithes to the Lord. Can I get a witness on that? And I'm preaching it to Wednesday night crowd. I really wished I was preaching this on Sunday morning uh, so all them tippers would get it too. Amen? I mean, you got your tithers and you got your tippers. Uh, and you know what a tipper is. That's somebody that drops a dollar in a plate uh, when it comes by and God's been good to them and they think because they tip God on Sunday, uh, God's gonna bless them. Amen? And I'm gonna tell you, God don't bless tipping, but he sure does bless tithing. Amen? I'm telling you, the tithe doesn't belong to me and the tithe doesn't belong to you and the tithe doesn't belong to the church. Uh, the Bible said the tithe is the Lord. Amen? And if you'll give to God, young people, and you'll always give a tithe, uh, uh, listen, God will bless your giving if you'll just be faithful. Amen? You say, preacher, I can't afford to tithe, but the truth is you can't afford not to. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, I'd rather have 90% in God's blessings as 100% in God's curse. I remember one preacher years ago, he said uh, that when he started out and he got saved, he said, I wasn't, I wasn't faithful in my tithing. And he said, finally, God got the message across to me. He said, because every Sunday that I didn't tithe, something broke, amen. He said, either it was something with my vehicle. He said, either it was a washing machine, a dryer, a lawnmower. He said, how I knew that was every time I was fixing it. He said, God always reminded me, I'm gonna get you tithe one way or the other, amen. He said, and then I found out after you tithe, when those things break, uh, uh, that God always sends the money in somewhere uh, to help you, to provide for you, to take care of you. I tell you, I'd rather be living off heaven's economy as to be living off my economy, amen? I'd rather be living off what heaven can provide versus what I can provide. I may not have everything I want, but I do have everything I need, and I have more than I need tonight. You know why? Because God takes good care of his children. Hadn't God been good to you? Hadn't God blessed you? Hadn't he given you more than what you deserve and what you ever expected to get in this walk of life? I'm telling you, listen, in this text, what's amazing is that this man had something to give even in a famine, amen? Isn't that amazing? How that even in a famine, he had something to give. And then he was willing to give in a famine. I mean, had he been like some old mossy back Baptist, you know, that was backslid on God in one of these little old family-owned and operated churches, you know what I'm talking about? They've got, listen, they got $100,000 sitting in the treasury. And I mean, listen, uh, they got song books that are ragged out. And listen, the sign's falling apart and the building's dilapidated. And they still got money from 1960. Amen. Uh, they're, listen, they're just saving for the, they're saving for the tribulation period. Amen. Uh, trying to make it to the very end. I mean, they won't spend, uh, listen, they wouldn't spend $100 to see an aunt eat a bell of hay. You've heard that before, hadn't you? I mean, tighter than a tick's tail. I mean, just wouldn't give nothing, amen, to go forward for the work of God. I'm gonna tell you, God doesn't bless that, amen? But I tell you, when you give, and you give for the work of God, even in the hard times, I believe if we'll put it out, God will put it in, amen? I believe if we'll just trust him, he'll take care of us even in the hard times of life, amen? We made it through the pandemic, didn't we? Amen, y'all know we did. We're still here, aren't we? Not a one of us lost any weight during that time. Look at us. Well, Brother David, you did. We got one out of 200. God took care of us, didn't he? And he's not starving to death neither. That's by choice. He's skinny by choice. And tonight, listen, God has provided for us, hasn't he? 
tonight, this man, I don't know who he was, but he learned something that many in our churches could learn tonight. And that's the joy of giving to others. The man who gave. Then I want you to notice the man of God in verse number 42. Elisha says, give unto the people that they may eat. I remind you that what was given to Elisha, or what was given in verse number 42, was given to Elisha, not to the people. And Elisha looks around and no doubt he sees others who are in need, others who are hungry. And Elisha, this was his to keep. But Elisha, being the man of God that he was, he was willing to give it to others. The sacrifice of the man of God, that in a famine he did not keep what was given to him, but he recognized that this must have been of the Lord and that God had put it in his hands and he used it to help take care of others. Thank God for men who will sacrifice the satisfaction of this man of God that he was willing to give. He wasn't bitter about his giving, amen? He wasn't begrudging about that giving, but he wanted to help those others who was hungry. Elisha wasn't gonna sit there and eat these 20 loaves and these, these ears of corn and watch others go hungry, amen? I tell you, that's real Christianity when you think about it, when you're always looking on the things of others and not every man on his own things, uh, when you prefer others before yourself, and that's what Elisha is doing here. He's putting the needs of others in front of his own self. You know what God does in the end? He takes care of all those men and Elisha. You know, if you'll always meet the needs of others, God will meet your needs. God don't bless stingy people, does he? And stingy people may have a big bank account, but they're miserable people. You've never saw a happy, stingy person. Is that right? People that are stingy are not happy. But on the other side, haven't you seen people that didn't have two nickels to rub together, but they gave out of their poverty, and they were happy. I think about people that, 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 that have come through this church down through the years, and I think about special offerings. Sometimes I, I watch somebody put something in the offering plate, and I'm sure you do too. I watch them come down the aisle, and I put some, they'll put something in the offering plate, and I know good and well they don't have much money. I know they don't have hardly anything to give, but yet they give in spite of their poverty. They give out of their poverty. I don't think we're ever more like Jesus than when we do that because, see, that's what Jesus did. The Bible said that Jesus, through his poverty are made rich, amen? Jesus came into this world. He didn't come as a king, but he came as a peasant, amen? He walked in this world as a carpenter's son, the lowly man of Galilee. He lived on a lower scale. He just lived by faith. He borrowed, you heard the story, borrowed a manger, borrowed a tomb. He borrowed a donkey, but the cross was his own, the only thing that he owned. And he borrowed that because he didn't make it, amen? He grew the tree, thank God, but he took Barabbas' cross and he made it his own. And the only thing that he ever wanted or that he ever claimed was something that nobody wanted and it was the cross, amen. But thank God through the cross, you and I who were poor and wretched and who had nothing, you and I who were lost and without God and had no hope in this world, thank God we've been made rich, amen. Thank God we have everything in the Lord Jesus Christ and we ought to give because he he gave to us, amen. Here tonight I see the satisfaction of the man of God. He doesn't complain about giving, but just willingly. The spirituality of this man, as he looks at an unspiritual man in verse 43, he, said, he repeats what he said, but he adds something to it. He says, give the people that they may eat, for thus saith the Lord, they shall eat and shall leave thereof. 
You know why Elisha gave? Because God spoke to his heart. You know, when God speaks to our heart, we ought to give, shouldn't we? I remember years ago being in a, uh, I was, wasn't preaching, I was just in a revival meeting. I was, I was just there. I was about 15 years old. I had $10 that someone had gave me. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, I want you to put that $10 in the, the offering plate. And at 15 years old, I mean, I didn't have a lot of money, so at 15 years old, $10 was a lot. And I wrestled in that first part of that service. I said, now, Lord, it was to go for a, a missionary. And I said, Lord, I said, uh, I'm going to tithe off this $10, but, but I really need this. There was something that I needed. And I said, Lord, I, I really need the, the, what's left over. And the Lord said, I just want you to put that all in there. Give it all. I remember the, the invitation, or not the invitation, but the offering was received that night, but it was received like we receive sometimes, just on the altar. And I get up out of my seat, I come down, I put that $10 in the offering plate, and on my way back to the seat, I passed a man, and he shook my hand, and when he shook my hand, he put a piece of money in it. I went back and sat down, and when I looked at it, you know what it was? It was $100. You know what I could have done? I could have kept my $10 and went home with it. God said, give that 10. And on my way back, before I could get set back down, God multiplied it 10 times. I'm not telling you that that happens every day in my life because it doesn't. But there was a need in my life and my little old bit wasn't going to pay it. I was going to have to keep on saving as a teenager. But God gave me not just enough to take care of the need, but I had some left over just to prove to me that God's shovel's bigger than our spoon, amen? And that when we trust him, well, listen, God will take care of us. And the man of God is living by faith here. I see the man who gave. I see the man of God. And then I see the mindset of Gehazi in verse number 43. The servitor here is Gehazi. And he said, what should I set this before a hundred men? You know, the problem with Gehazi here is that he's got his eyes on what he can see, not what he can't see. He wasn't a very spiritual man, was he? I see the confusion here. Faith, giving by faith doesn't always make sense. It doesn't always pan out. You can't figure up faith. Amen. If you could, it wouldn't be faith. Isn't that right? And, but the just shall live by faith. And, and Gehazi's looking at the situation. He's, he, he's, he's, got, he's calculating this. He knows how many loaves. He knows how many full ears of corn there is. He knows how many men there is. And just like one of the disciples, he said, what are they amongst so many? I'm going to tell you, God can take the smallest and the littlest of things and he can do great things with it, mighty things with it. God can take the youngest person in this building like he did David, the youngest of Jesse's boys, and he can raise them up and he can use them greatly for his glory, for his honor. You never know one of these children, one of these young people sitting in these pews, who God and how God may, may use their life in a mighty way. I'm just simply saying, little is much when God is in it. The confirmation in this text is that Elisha had a steady word in verse 43 from God and he reminds Gehazi that regardless of what you see and how you feel, God will make up the difference. And you know tonight, God always makes up the difference, doesn't he? It's not just about money tonight. Don't misunderstand me. We preach a lot about that. But the giving of your time, God will honor that. You raise your children in church and around the things of God, God will honor that. Amen? 
You just barely bring them to church. And again, I'm preaching the Wednesday night crowd, but that crowd that barely brings them to church and gets them off into everything else, every other activity and event in this world, listen, you're fooling yourself if you think they're going to serve God. Amen? Invest their time in the things of God around the church and the ministries of the church and, and God will bless it. The mindset of Gehazi. And then I want you to notice one last thing in verse 44, the miracle of growth in this text. The Bible says, so he set it before them and they did eat and left thereof according to the word of the Lord. I see the servant in his labor. You know, Gehazi didn't have a lot of faith just like the disciples, but he obeyed the man of God and God still worked the miracle. You know, sometimes you just got to trust the ones who are trusting God. You say, well, preacher, what if it doesn't come out? It's not going to be on the servant in this text. It'll be on the Elisha, the man of God. But Elisha trusted God and the servant got in on the miracle and we see the servant in his labor. We see the, the satisfied and they're leaving. The Bible said that they did eat and they left thereof. They were filled, wasn't they? You know, the Bible said that book of Acts, chapter number two, on the, uh, when the, the church had everything in common, the Bible said they ate till they were what? Filled. You never like to, how many of you like to go to, uh, you know, a restaurant and then not give you enough food? Now, that don't hardly happen anywhere. As you know that, you get more than you can eat. Maybe somebody invites you over and they give you, you know, I, I could never live in Europe. Somebody say Amen. Or they just sip tea and they just eat them little old bitty, you know, they call them biscuits, but they're not biscuits. You know what I do. Amen. Come on now. And I mean, there's nothing worse than paying $40 for something and you leave still hungry and you got to go down to the Mapco, amen, and get you some tater logs and, and you know, some chicken fingers, you know. That's sad, isn't that right? Uh, but, you know, I'm just telling you, I know you want to be full, don't you? I'm going to tell you, when you sit down at God's table, he, you never leave empty-handed, you never leave still hungry. I'm telling you, when you sit down and God puts it on, it may not look like much, uh, but I'll tell you, when God gets in it, you'll walk away satisfied. Uh, I'm telling you, there have been some Brother Laddie, I've came to the house of God. I didn't think I'd leave full. I didn't think I'd leave satisfied. But I've never left the house of God that what God didn't give me what I need when I needed it. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, the miracle of growth is that God is able to spread a table even in the wilderness. Hallelujah. He rained manna down from heaven for him, didn't he? And I see the stability of the Lord. I like the way this, this story ends. It says, according to... The word of the Lord. You know where this story all comes back to? The word of God. The miracle of growth is in the word of God. You know, in a day when people are chasing miracles, I want to say to us tonight, it's not miracles that we need to be seeking. It's the word of God we need to seek. If You know what Elisha did? He just took God at his word. God said, you go ahead and give that. And he trusted the word of God. And tonight, you may need a miracle in your life. You may be facing something. You may be looking at something. There, there may be a financial need. There may be a, a, knee, a physical need. There may be a spiritual need in your life tonight. But I want to tell you something. Little is much whenever God's in it. He will take care of you tonight. But you've got to trust him. You can't trust the circumstances. You can't even trust yourself. The arm of flesh, the songwriter said, will surely fail you tonight. You say, preacher, what do I trust? Trust the word of God. Amen. You know, a man came to me one time and he told me a story of how he found the will of God about something. 
He said, I believe I found God's will about something. And I won't go into all the details, but some of the details was this. He said, I walked out in the backyard. He said, I leaned on a fence post, and he said, there was a goat standing there. And I'm telling you what the man told me. He said, and that goat just looked at me, and he said, when that goat looked at me, and he said, and I looked at that goat, he said, I got my answer. Now, I don't know about you, but that's the weirdest story I've ever heard in my life. He said, what? He said, he said I believe the Lord showed me that. I said, brother, I said, with all due respect, and I wanted to help the man. I said, if it is a sheep, I said, I might believe your story a little more. I said, but I don't know about a goat. And he said, you, he said, you don't, he said, what do you think? I said, I said, I'll tell you this. I said, I wouldn't make a major decision on, based on any experience. I said, I'd make it based on the word of God. I said, I would just wait and don't do nothing until God gives you a verse and confirms that in your heart. I said, if that happened, rest assured, God will give you a verse. Isn't that right? I'm not being making fun of the man. I think he was sincere. But isn't it amazing how people a lot of times they'll, they'll trust a lot of things in life, but they won't trust this Bible. I believe God's big enough tonight for whatever answer you and I need is right here in this book. I believe in experiences. I believe God can do, but you be careful, and I need to be careful about saying, God showed me this through this. God showed me this through that. You say, Brother Gravely, don't you think? Oh, I've had those experiences. But I'll tell you, when it comes to a major decision, I'm not moving. I'm not budging. I'm not doing anything until God opens that book and said, here's your answer. Amen. You can trust the Bible, can't you, tonight? As we stand little as much when God's in. If you need to come tonight, you need to put something at the Lord's feet. You put it at his feet tonight. You trust him with it. Don't let it be your way. Don't let it be your will. Don't let it be what you desire. Let God do that. Don't you try to fix it. Don't you try to figure it out. Don't you try to supply the need in yourself. Let God meet that need, whatever it is tonight. While he sings, if you need to come, you come.